Blog Talk Radio. Welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Voodoo Root Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company, Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Clifford Love, of Lowe.com and Scenic Scenic, New Jersey, and in just a moment we'll be joined by our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood of luckymojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjureman of conjuremanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we will be joined by a special guest, Deacon Millet of FourAlters.com in the high desert of California, bringing us today's topic of returning lost lovers. They will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of voodoo conjurer root work as defined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hinduists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first, let's catch up with our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman. Miss Kat? Hi. Nice to hear your voice, Clifford. Uh, I trust all is well in Teaneck, New Jersey. Things are pretty good, and this is a very interesting uh, session today because I got a request uh, that is relevant. A client wanted me to do the Intranquil Spirit Spell, which I've never done before, and I had to decline. So maybe we can learn a little bit about that today. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. Well, this this show is going to be a, a good one. And you know what's funny? We were looking over when was with the last time we did a show about returning lost lovers, and it's actually been years. And I'm going to... Uh, just uh, briefly say something about that. Um, I think that, you know, as uh, readers and root workers, we all get a little burnt out on needy, returning lost love clients. And we're like, come on, let's come up with a new topic. Let's do something like spells for leadership or political spells or let's save the climate spells. And yet, a good 75% of our clients do want to return a lost, well, not 75, 50% of our clients want to return a lost lover. So it is a very popular topic. And um, I feel remiss that we haven't covered it at least once a year, one out of 50 shows, but we haven't. And so here we are with that topic. So uh, listen ahead, Clifford. This one's for you and your client. Now, I, I, I usually give a little update about what's happening at Lucky Mojo, so let me just do that real quick. Um, things are cooking along. Uh, this evening I'll be making goofer dust. I declined the opportunity to make goofer dust before the show. I just didn't want to go into the show smelling like goofer dust. So this evening, goofer dust and a shower. That's my future. But what's been really exciting is that Deacon Millet and I have been talking about um, doing some new projects for the new year. And I don't know how much we can get into it, and he's going to be brought on as a guest in a little while. But I'm going to give you a couple of things that I'm really excited about. These are going to be brand new ideas. Number one, the Lucky Mojo 
Hoodoo Root Work Hour, a.k.a. the radio show, a.k.a. the Lucky Mojo podcast, has been on the air pretty well continuously since 2004. But we only have archived shows going back to um, 2011, 2012, something like that. And not all. And sometimes we put in rebroadcasts, which of course are duplicates and so forth and so on. If you go to the Lucky Mojo forum, forum forum.luckymojo.com, you can get into the radio show area and you can find these old shows mentioned. But there's no way to be sure that you can find a link to them. You might have to go to Blog Talk Radio with the date in your hand. You might not know what the topic is. There was no a templatized information service for what these were, like who's a guest or who was the announcer. All of that's kind of flibbly-flabbly and wishy-washy, and not every show has all that information. So if you all remember Reverend Ernest, the guy who um, put every uh, oil, every herb, every sachet powder, every bath crystal, every wash of water, every cologne, everything that we've made and Lucky Mojo, he's made a thread for them at the forum. And people are using those threads, by the way, to learn about the products and get um, discounts when they buy a, a multiples and you know get a nice discount deal. Well, I'm going to turn him loose starting um, this week. He's going to be turned loose on the radio show, and the radio show is going to start to become available. So just watch our dust. We're going to be working on it probably for half a year. When it's all done, and um, it's going to be really a great thing, and Deacon Millett, I have to thank him, he got me thinking about rebroadcasting old shows so that we are on the air twice a week. And this way we'll have one new show on Sunday and we'll have an older show. Uh, We'll just go through them in order um, and we'll make a placard for it, you know, with pictures and everything. We'll bring it up to date and we'll advertise who the the, uh, guest was and who the co-host and who the announcer was for every show. Because do you know, this is the amazing mark, we have more than 600 shows in the can. More than 600 shows. So look for this to happen now. (laughs) <laughs> well, you're, yeah, I didn't, yeah, you're I, a I major part of it, Conjure Man. Now, here's the, here's, the, here's the hook. I'll pay someone to help me do this. In addition to Ernie working on the forum, we need some other work being done. And um, it, it's, you know, placard making, whatever. Nagashiva can't make every placard in the world. He'll go crazy. Um, so I am willing to hire somebody under the sound of my voice contact me and uh, you can reach out to me on Facebook. Um, I'm Catherine Ironwood. Uh, you can reach out to me um, at the shop and just leave your name and number. If I'm not at the shop when you call, just leave your name and number and say you're interested in earning money or you might have a shop you're trying to get off the ground. If you want Lucky Mojo products, you'll actually get more value per hour than if I pay you in U.S. dollar bills. You see what I'm saying? I can I can spot you more wholesale rate stuff, but you have to know how to do a little bit of um, coding. Not a lot, not a lot. It's just PHP, BB. You can do it. It's okay. And um, and you need to probably know a little bit of Photoshop. So um, if it's something that you're looking for a little extra income and love Lucky Mojo and love these radio shows and want to help, you don't have to stick with the whole program until it's all done six months from now. You know, give me two weeks of it and I'll give you some, some great 
Lucky Mojo products or money at an hourly wage. Okay? Call the shop. The shop is at 707-887-1521 or uh, hit me up in Facebook, but that's less likely to get an answer from me right away. Better to call the shop, leave your name and number, and say you're interested. All right. I hope somebody hears this because um, we've got a long way to go, but we've um, always believed that what Chairman Mao said, the journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. I think it was Chairman Mao who said that. Maybe it was Lao Tzu. Who knows? All right. Um, so that's my news. Oh, and then another thing. There's a whole another thing that's going on with uh, Deacon Millet, and um, we're going to announce that later. But let's just say um, the stars are out tonight and leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> the stars are right. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, yeah, some sort Curiosity of a work yeah, right. We we are definitely, definitely, um, definitely working our way forward. The stars are aligned. All right. How are things with you, Conjurman? Things are are quite well. Uh, it's uh, busy uh, as as usual, uh, I, and the ongoing theme we talked about this uh, the past couple of weeks of uh, anxiety around the future being very anxious and uncertain about the future is definitely um, still ongoing. It's something that I'm starting to see. And I wonder if we're, as we're getting closer and closer to the end of the year, which I can't believe I've even been saying because I still think it's 2020 in my head. uh, Mm -hmm. Somehow we've managed to come to the end of 2022. So it's going to be, it's going to be something. But I think as we come closer and closer to the end of the year, there's really a sort of um, ratcheting up, if you will, of the anxiety from clients, a lot of nervousness. Uh, what does my future look like? And this, is, this isn't this is just clients who are in a difficult position. More often than not, we get clients that come to us once things have already gone wrong. <laughs> That's very common, right? The relationship is mm-hmm. falling apart, job hasn't been lost, you know, whatever it is, the home has been broken, whatever it is, that's when they come to us. But now you're getting clients who everything is going fine in their lives. Money is good. They have a job. They're in a happy relationship. But they're starting to second guess. They're starting to doubt if that thing will last. I have a good job. I'm making good money. I have good health insurance. Uh, am I actually going to be happy in this job? Am I going to keep this job? Am I going to am I am I going to be suddenly poor next year? So there's a lot of anxiety around that. People want sort of uh, reassurance. The forecast, the readings, the predictions are really about reassurance. Is everything going to go all right? And to some extent, uh, this can be a good thing. People who are forewarned or forearmed, I always tell clients, it's better to come to us before something goes wrong so that we can tell you something's coming up and you can prepare for it. Like I tell, when I do like a forecast, I tell people in advance, like this is the month where your money is going to be a little bit you know, it's going to be a little hard. So save up. Spend the next three months. You've got three months. Save up. Set some aside for a rainy day. And guess what? That rainy day is going to show up in March. And that way they're prepared. And it always turns out like you gave me that advice and it worked out wonderfully. I ended up having to have expenses on the house. But fortunately, I had saved up like you had mentioned and so it wasn't a big deal. Or you, or you tell them, look, your relationship is going really well, but in this month there might be a little bit of an argument. Just be ready for it. 
Uh, and so it is better to forearm people. And there's an element of reassuring and empowering that's been really going on uh, the past few weeks. Like, nothing is wrong. You can, be, you can rest assured that you're going to be successful in this job. You can rest assured that when this guy tells you that he loves you, he means that he loves you. So there's been a lot of uh, uh, reassuring readings is what I call them, readings that tell people things are all right and things continue to be all right. Um, and that's been quite nice. But it is interesting to note the tone, that there is an anxiety, there's a nervousness in clients about the future. Um, yes. And I think that's, that's fitting considering everything going on. It's been it's been really really nuts. Another thing that's been interesting to me um, is that starting from a position many many years ago where you and I and a few other people in uh, air were astrologers, Deacon Millet, of course, an astrologer. We went through this phase of people renouncing astrology. Astrology is nothing, nothing, nothing. And mm. here we are, you know. All of a sudden, astrology has kind of come out from under the toadstool again. And uh, here we are with someone in the chat named Balkan Diviner 14 talking about Mars in retrograde has been so nasty. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah. And there was a time when nobody would talk about that stuff. You know what I'm saying? It was like not only they wouldn't talk about it, they wouldn't say, like, I don't know what you're talking about. They would say, like, we have no time for astrology. And now all of a sudden it's, um, it's... Cycling again? I don't know why. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's so true. Astrology and sort of the magical community often had, were bifurcated, right? Astrologers did their thing, and then neo pagans, uh, magicians, root workers, etc., did their thing, and the then twain would not meet. And there was a sort of almost a, a, a clashing of heads, where like you would among root workers, and you talk to astrology, you kind of had this someone rolled their eyes, or neo pagan, oh, astrology is too fatalistic. Uh, and now we're starting to see people being more and more conscious and aware of it. It's almost like the two communities are starting to meld a little bit more. But you're right. You're definitely noticing that trend where people are went from rejecting to now being like, oh, yeah, Mars is in retrograde and it's a Gemini to a funky thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. It's it's just interesting. Well, these things go have their ups and downs, but um, true. so yeah. So um, Deacon and I have been talking about astrology on a serious basis. I'm just going to leave it at that, Contraman, and mm-hmm. um, and we will see what we shall see. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, okay. Now, let's bring in Deacon Millet. Hi, Deacon. What's up with you today, as if I didn't know, because we just spent two or three hours on the phone earlier today. <laughs> welcome, welcome to a fan favorite. Oh, thank you, Conjurman. Um, well, I guess the, the big news I didn't mention is that tomorrow I go in for my physical, um, my yearly physical. And this came to mind just because Conjurman was talking about um, how people come to us when they have problems, but never beforehand. And, you know, a lot, of, I, a lot of people hate going to the doctor, and they something is wrong with them, they're feeling pain, and they put it off, and they put it off, and they put it off, and until things get really bad. And I try very much in my life to do the opposite. So I have a yearly physical um, just like somebody might have a yearly, you know, astrological consult or a yearly mm-hmm. um, reading and try to, just like Conjurman was saying, ascertain what's coming up before it hits me. You know, let's, let's check the blood before I start feeling weak and strange 
you know. Um, so that's, I forgot to mention that earlier today, Ms. Kat. Um, well, I hope. Up in my week. I wish you all the best at your physical. I hope they only find everything to be within bounds of normality. Amen. Thank you. So, that, life is life proceeds apace. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's get into our topic. All right. Our topic is returning lost lovers. And as I said before, um, uh, for some reason, we kind of forgot this topic is a perennial, and we skipped it for several years. So I'm very embarrassed by that because, meanwhile, I've been reading for clients about it, and so have the other two of you and Clifford as well. So um, we don't want to, um, you know, start as if you'd never heard of this topic before. So I'm going to split it out into a, a few little ideas. We're going to talk about returning lost lovers in terms of different forms of magic that are used. And I'm going to just sort of throw these ideas out. Bathing to return a lost lover, the use of candles to return a lost lover, the use of um, oils, sachet powders, um, and incense to return a lost lover, the idea of contact magic, foot track magic, the idea of um, conveying a message to a lover through dreams and through uh, an intermediary uh, physical being. And those are some of the ideas we're going to get into. So having said that, I'm going to turn this over to Deacon Millen. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, this obviously is one of my favorite topics. And I think part of why we don't, we haven't done a radio show on it is because it seems like we just did a radio show on it. Um, mm-hmm. Perennials and you go, oh, we can't do that again. And then you look at the list and it's like, oh, well, we've been saying we can't do that again for several years. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think that this topic is, is very deep and very important because it's not just about desire. Um, to me, reconciliation is about evening accounts it's about making things right. It's about um, apologizing where you're wrong and getting second chances to do things over again. Um, to me, it's not as it, it's not I dominate my man for the stuff. And um, even you know, if you use a harsh spell like "love me or die" or "in tranquil spirit," once the person returns, you've got to flip the program. You've then got to re-sweeten them. You've got to return all the positive, even if you whipped them until they came home. Um, so it, to me, it's, it also strikes a chord in me at Venus conjunct Mercury. Um, I, I feel like everyone deserves love in their life somehow. Um, Everyone needs love in their life somehow. And each of our hearts knows exactly and precisely what it wants, whether that's the best idea or not. Um, There's a lot of trying to uh, figure out um, where your heart is sending you astray and um, where things are truly beneficial and healing and loving. So um, 
I also think, you know, when you name off all those ways to do magic, Miss Cat, I think of how many oils and sachet powders and bath crystals are about love. So mm-hmm. many love formulas that, you know, Lucky Mojo hasn't scratched the surface, and I certainly would like to get a few more love oils out there, like, you know, Cleopatra love drops and things. Mm-hmm. Um, but, we will. You know, yeah, we will. It, there's just so um, – it, it, it clearly has been one of the cornerstones of the work. I also think that it's one of the reasons why um, magical workings have tended to be um, associated with women is that women supposedly are the have softer hearts and are the weaker sex and um, all of that stuff. Um, and the truth is, in my practice, the most heartbroken people are men. And mm-hmm. often I'm the only person that called to talk about it. They can't tell their friends. They can't tell their family. They feel, you know, ashamed in a certain way of, mm-hmm. of just how wrecked they are. Um, and so another part of, of this practice to me that I like is being there for people in pain who have no other outlet. Um, mm-hmm. And being there to reassure them that what they're feeling is not abnormal. In fact, it's it's exactly the way everybody else feels, and nobody wants to say. Um, well, I agree with you on that. Um, there is this sort of a mm-hmm. if you read Facebook and uh, Instagram memes written by snarky supposed psychics, they often attack their own clients for wanting a lover back, and they particularly attack women for this. And there's a particular style also in which the it ends somewhere in the meme. I shouldn't say it ends with, but somewhere in the meme the word bitch will arrive. And oh, also God. the word fuck. You know, you know what I'm saying? Um, I don't give any fucks, bitch, that kind of thing. And these memes are, are just frightening. However, mm. when you talk to people and um, and they're on the phone, they really are hurting. And I agree with you, Deacon Millett. Men often are more heartbroken than women because they don't have these memes to fall back on. They're just hurt and they don't, you know, they can't go to some bitch meme stash and find all of these, you know, uh, you think you broke my heart? Well, you're just a pussy. I mean, that kind of, you know, I've seen these memes and I'm like, what the hell is that? You know, I'm a strong woman and I can take it, bitch. And he's like, whoa, there's a whole hardening of the heart that women are teaching each other now, currently, over and over and over again. They're seeing it over and over again, how tough they are. And um, But men don't have that. And so it is interesting. Now, you're a male reader, so you may get more male clients. But uh, I do see a lot of um, sad men, and they really don't know how to share this with anybody because mm. they're supposed to be the man, right? They're supposed to be the guy. You know, the women are supposed to flock to them. Truth is, losing a lover, either straight or gay, and old or young, anyone, it still hurts. And there's just yeah, that feeling yeah. of loss. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we should point out, too, that they, there's a certain irony here that technically, historically, the overwhelming majority of love spells were direct were for men. 
this is a sort of uh, a modern stereotype that love spells and heartbrokenness is, is a soft female thing. If you look at any source, magical text from the, the medieval, the ancient world, the overwhelming majority of them are about guys finding love, bringing back lost lovers and, and, and whatnot. So it is a, it's a modern stereotype. And it's a silly one, if I, if I may say. Heartbreak and being vulnerable and being hurt are not bad things. And in fact, the more we hide from them, the more we deny them, the more we pretend we're not hurt, the more harm we're doing to ourselves. The idea that somehow someone broke our heart and we should pretend beyond the silly to me. It's like grieving is a good thing. You should grieve the loss of love. And there's a reason magic exists to bring back lost love because love is a worthy pursuit. And there's nothing wrong with going after someone you still love. Trying to repair some thing that has been broken, that's that's a worthwhile endeavor. And so people mock clients or people who suffer through that are people who I consider spiritually uninvolved and emotionally stunted. Right? You're emotionally stunted if you think that, that healing heartbreak is a bad thing. So we've got to pretend that it's, you know, I'm not really hurt. Of course you're hurt. Mm-hmm. It's okay to be hurt. It's entirely fine. And we should note, of, uh, too, that... Oh, I'm sorry. Go just ahead. Just real quick. We should just real quick. Uh, this topic here, there are two parts to love magic when it comes to returning. One is reconciliation magic, and the other is return to me magic. And the two can overlap, but they are slightly different. When we say reconciliation, we're trying to heal a relationship that has been damaged. Not necessarily the two of you have broken up, but it could, you could still be in a relationship and need to reconcile, or you're broken up and you need to reconcile, versus returning love that has gone away or love that has gone astray or that love that has been lost. They are slightly different, and the approaches here matter. So I wanted to, to kind of note that as we dive into the various magics that we can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a very important uh, point. One is to return people, and return to me can also be to return someone who's simply gone on a long journey. So this yeah. combination, um, uh, you know, one is more physically returned to them, and the other is more emotionally, and you may need to do both. So... I'm going to uh, say something else. We've got some chat here in the in the chat room, and I want to give a shout-out to some of these folks because they're bringing up really interesting topics here. Um, number one is um, Balkan Diviner 14. says, I've heard that returning lost lovers, reconciliation, one of the most difficult works in hoodoo. I can see why. They are certainly demanding from numerous angles. And yes, and one of the reasons that a lot of um, uh, root workers dread working on them is that the client has the most impetus to lie to you kind of work. They don't tell you that they um, pulled a dagger on the man, right, and the cops were called, and they were a restraining order was put out again. They don't want to tell you how how low they got. They always want to say, I don't know what he did. He, I, he just, you know, he just left me, right? So there's a lot of lying clients, and they're doing this to you know, protect their own sense of self-worth, but it's something that um, this is why those nasty memes exist, because you have to be a compassionate reader and get to the bottom of who really did what, who said what, what mm-hmm. actually happened, how long were they together, how long have they been apart, how did they break up, why did they break up. And you need to do a really thorough reading on it and also assess the truth of the client. I'm not saying that all clients lie, but in this kind of spell, the client has more reason to lie than, say, if they wanted to get a job. They wouldn't lie about why they want to get a job. They're just going to 
tell you, oh, I have a prison record, or no, I never completed my GED. They'll be honest with you, even the most negative things about themselves, but they will not always be honest when they have been part of the cause of a love breakup. So that's the answer to your question from my point of view, Balkan diviner. And um, and then um, Cliff Lowe uh, uh, put out a, a little comment, too, um, which was about the um, fact that some of these spells to get a lover that were male spells um, that are uh, older spells came from married um, from from men wanting to seduce married women, and so they have mm-hmm. a whole nother feel to them, and that's true. But they are sometimes used and misused to get a lover back because they are yep. generally seductive slash coercive, and and They're they can be coercive. kind of. Uh, put into that form. Now, I'd like to talk about some of these um, forms that we were talking about. First of all, contact foot track magic. This is the most traditional way to get a lover back. You're going to put something where they walk, and it's going to lead them back to you. It literally is like dropping a breadcrumb trail, only you're going to be using... um, powders or incense powder mixed with local dirt so it can't be seen. You can mix that with reconciliation and return to me um, powder or incense. You can put in a little bit of your own home dirt. Like if they've left the home, you take your own home dirt and you get to where they're staying now and you can just sort of walk back and turn turn it back. Along with that comes turning their foot tracks. So this is where you find their foot track, their footprint facing away from your home and you literally take a spatula and flip it so now the toe points toward your home. Now people say, well, we don't have dirt paths anymore. I live in the city. You can still spill dirt onto the sidewalk and they still will walk through it. Um, How you do that, be careful. Of course, now everyone has security cameras. So check out the lay of the land. If you can do it, It works really well. And um, there's one more that goes with this idea of foot track magic, and that is rolling socks, which I know I've mentioned many times, very quick spell, where you take the person's socks and you um, have – this is only if they've left very recently. It's not good for a long-term thing. If they've left recently in an argument or something, you take their pair of their socks, roll them out, so the toe is at the pointing toward the door of the bedroom, and the uh, open end is pointing toward you. And then you tightly roll the sock back up toward you, like roll, roll, roll it back up. And you say, "Come back to me, come back to me, come back to me." And you call their name, of course. You know, so and so, come back to me, come back to me. You get it really rolled up tight. You squeeze it. You you hold it by the ends. You flip out the sock again, and you just do it over and over and over again. I've done that and brought people back within one hour, and I know others who have done so too. If it does work, it'll work quickly. If it doesn't work, go on to the next spell. All right, I'm going to pass this around to Deacon Millet. Can you throw up a return and reconciliation spell, maybe using a different form of work? Well, sure. I mean, <laughs> um, let's. Uh, I I think I'll move in a similar way to with the foot track magic, but um, I I think using sachet powder um, as a component of foot track magic is is even more powerful um and i would mix return to me or reconciliation sachet powder with dirt from the home before i went and and did those kind of workings it's also very good we're in this weird time where letters just don't happen anymore and it's it's frustrating because i i want sachet powder on 
love letters and reconciliation letters and apology letters. And now it's like this lost thing. Um, so, you know, it's almost like I can't do it. But mm. um, past sachet powder, I, I like bath crystals in the wash um, and clothes that have been um, washed in return to me and reconciliation bath crystals. And bed linens. If you have shared a bed with someone, I don't think you should wash the bed linens because you want the smell of the two of you combined on the bed linens as they exist. But you can get a spray bottle with return to me um, bath crystals in water and just spray it very gently around the room so that it drifts down upon the, the bedclothes. Um, and that's a very good one. And then boggers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of my pet peeves is it, it, about love clients is they never have anything of their lovers. It's like, you know what? Snitch a dirty sock. They lost it somewhere, but you've got it hidden away. Pick up, pick, <laughs> get some of their hairs out of the drain when they take a shower at your house and put them away. You know, you've got to have some some personal concerns to work with. Um, and people who say, oh, I didn't, or, oh, yeah, I've got a shirt of theirs, but I washed it. Is that okay? Well, no, no, not mm-hmm. really. Okay. Um, but, you know, uh, there, to me, there's nothing better than, than one of your dirty socks tied around one of their dirty socks and put underneath the bed um, mm-hmm. as something to call, call out your lover to come back. That's a good one. How about you, Conjure Man? Yeah, I love working with, with socks and foot tracks. So there's two ways that you can do this. Um, if you uh, want to draw a lover back to you and you have their old sock, what you want to do is you want to get uh, some return to me or reconciliation sachet powders, mix it with dirt from the four corners of your home. Then go to where they will walk through it. If you know where they live, go to where they live. Of course, be mindful of cameras or whatnot. Sprinkle uh, a line of this in uh, where they will walk through it. And then sprinkle a pinch at every crossroad leading back to your house. This is the breadcrumbs this cat was talking about. And this will lead Mm -hmm. them step by step back to your home. Once you get to your home, take the last pinch of the dirt and the sachet powder and place it in their sock then put that sock underneath your bed. And what this will do is it will draw this person who has been lost back to your home, into your bed, and will keep them in your bed so long as the sock remains underneath them. And then when things get a little bit rocky, let's say they start to get restless, you can then continue to work in that sock by using that rolling spell Ms. Cat mentioned. If you can't get access to where they are, if they're, for example, in a different city than you or in a different state than you, then you'll actually go to the crossroads and you'll sprinkle it at the four, the sachet powders and the dirt will be sprinkled at the four corners of the crossroads saying, well, if you are at the north, you will come running to me. If you are at the west, you will come running to me. If you are in the south, you will come running to me. If you are in the east, you will come running to me. And then you will again sprinkle it step by step back into your home, into the sock, place the sock underneath the bed. This is how you would combine the crumb and the sock magic into one cohesive. Mm-hmm. Nice. 
that's really really great um and um you know, using a crossroads as a way to contact a person you cannot contact otherwise is very traditional. Back in the days yeah. of written spells, you might use your mailbox as well. Mm-hmm. You would um, take a little bit of um, tobacco and smoke the inside of the mailbox and say, oh, write yeah. me a letter, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want to add a little bit of an edge, let's say this person is taking a little bit slow to arrive, then what you do is you take a pin... Uh, a very beautiful pen. Uh, I often said that you should take a gold needle or a gold pen, but you can do anything. I prefer those little uh, bobbin pins that have the or the little pens that have the green on them. You can get them all mm-hmm. sorts of colors. Green green is associated with Venus. You could also do red or you can do pink. It's all perfectly fine. And you take the sock and you just prick the toes of the sock gently. And as you do so, you say you feel restless. You want to come to me, come to me quickly. So you're not harming them. You're not hurting them. You're not doing this with anger, with vengeance. You're just giving them a little bit of a prick, a little poke. And people will actually, when they show up, they're like, I just I felt like I needed to see you today, is what they'll say. And that's how you know that you've given them just a little bit of a prick, and you use the sock and the, uh, and the, and the pin in that way. That's a good one. Um, and, you know, as far as the tobacco goes, you can smoke um, your phone um, or you can smoke a desktop computer mm-hmm. or whatever you want to. Um, that's one that's actually a little bit more adaptable to modern digital technology because yes. it is done through the air. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, um is so popular that it's uh you can look it up at the Lucky Mojo forum. I think there's a a lot of material in there's a thread, maybe Anagashiva can find the URL for that thread called How to Get Someone to Contact You. And that um that pinprick spell for contact is ancient, really mm-hmm. ancient. Mm-hmm. And um has been known to work for many people. Again, if it doesn't work for you quickly, three days, um go on to another spell. Most of these uh, return and reconciliation spells are predicated on the idea that you will have contact. If you don't have contact, well, what are you going to do? So I'm going to go to another form, dream spells. So one way to contact people, and we've talked about this in other contexts, to get people to tell the truth if they were lying, to get people to um, hire you if they didn't want to. And there's many, many reasons that you can use a dream spell. But to get someone to come back is uh, ideal use of a dream spell. So what you're going to do is you're going to wait until they're asleep, and best as you know, and light a little white candle and... Um, and go into a, a a little you know view of the candle and go into a little altered state of consciousness if you can, and then close your eyes and um, drift out over out of your body over the town and into where you think they are. Go down, sit down on their bed, and um, and then touch them very lightly and say, "It's me, so and so. Hi, so and so. It's me, so and so. Don't wake up. First words always don't wake up, and." Then you tell them how much you miss them, that that when they wake up, they must think about you and remember you, either phone you, text you, or if they can't do that, but they live in the same town, say, how about we run into each other in the street or down at the club or, you know, I'll see you on the job um, and I'll smile and you'll smile at me. So you're, you're kind of hypnotizing them in their sleep. And these dream spells are also very effective, but... They're only effective if you've previously had a really strong 
relationship with the person. Otherwise, they'll just wake up and go, that was a weird dream, and forget, you know, just forget all about doing what you told them to do. When you're done talking to them, you come back, float back into your body, and um, and um, open your eyes and blow out the candle. So that's a very simple kind of spell. It's a dream spell. There are, mm-hmm. as I said, many reasons to do dream spells. So this is one of the most common. If you feel that you have a, um, are developing a dependence on dream spells and you feel that this person is acting with you in dreams and you start dreaming about them, Please don't get stuck there for five years, and I have had clients who did. You have to move them on to physical contact. And remember, this isn't going to be you like, you know, Miss Haversham living in the house. Well, I don't know if anyone knows what I'm talking about anymore, but you're, you can't... <laughs> you can't just live in a Charles Dickens world <laughs> and um, and think, you know, someday it'll all come true. You have to move to the physical next. So if the dream things are working, that you're dreaming about them, you think they're dreaming about you, now you're going to start asking for them to actually show up in your presence, contact you, text you, whatever. I've had some really great success with clients doing this where I'm talking to them on the phone, talking to them about this spell, and bingo, the person texts right while we're talking about them. So that's an important thing is to think of their name and and talk about it. Maybe talk about it with a reader and say, what can I do? Um, so often they will contact while the reader is talking to them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to be mindful of dream walking or ghost walking, too. Like some people have protection against that sort of stuff, and some people respond by waking up. So like they, they get that psychic sense that someone is influencing them. It can be a mm-hmm. bit tricky, and it is important, as Ms. Cat rightly pointed out, not to get stuck constantly in that because it can be you feel like something is building and building and building but if never actually manifests in the physical then you're then you're in some ways wasting your time there are other ways of also using dreams to influence a person rather than dream walking you can take a very old-timey way of working is to take their photo and place it underneath a cup place the cup next to your bed as you go to sleep pray over the water say that dream about me we will dream about each other we will connect in the realm of dreams and our hearts will be one you blow your prayer over the water then you go to sleep and because they're un- because water con- uh, conducts and carries messages and psychic connections what will happen is that as you sleep you two will connect via dreams and so you'll see each other in each other's dreams so if you have difficulties because dreamwalking can be tricky it can be tricky and it takes a little bit of skill to do if you have difficulties for example doing the sort of that type of projection you can use this technique where you place them underneath a cup of water and connect with them that way there's another version of this and we've talked about this before Ali because each time you've said mm-hmm. that one and I go yes but there's this other one with a little stick mm-hmm. <laughs> oh <laughs> so there's another version of this where you um you get a, a, a stick and you can uh it can come from anywhere in nature. Uh you don't need to buy a stick, you're gonna go find the stick or twig. It'll stand out to you as you walk along. Good idea if this if you're walking toward where they live or whatever, you see this little stick out of place, take it home. Put that stick it over the cup like a little bridge. And some people call this the bridge spell. And um, pray over it. This does not use their photo, by the way. This is just water and the stick that you got on the way to their house or maybe, if you're lucky, got from their house. And it's a little bridge over the cup of a teacup of water or a glass of water. And you put that under the bed. You array the stick so that it 
points toward where they live. If they're in the northeast, you point that stick northeast, right? And you will dream of them, and they will dream of you. And what you're trying to dream of is walking over that bridge to meet them, and them meeting you on the bridge. In the morning, you get up. You can pour the water out around your uh, place, uh, to, around your door to draw them to you. And you can take that stick and stick it in the ground partway between their house and yours or in front of your house and say, here's why I am. And you can do that many times and just stick the little sticks in the ground. Come on. You know, this is where we are. But that's a wonderful old spell. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's fantastic. It is. I'm I'm a big fan of of working with dreams because they do have a way of bringing our memories back to the top. You can make a dream pillow that'll help with this regard. If you can take their photo, place it into a small pillow that you've put a little bit of mugwort, uh, a little bit of star anise, which is really good for dreams, uh, rose petals as well, and then sew that up. You can even put in a pinch of tobacco, just a pinch of tobacco for spirit communication. Sew that up and place it underneath your pillow. You will ensure that you will dream of them and they will dream of you. Really strong way of connecting. So these are ways of doing dream work. If you can't do dream walking, you can use the cup, you can use water, the stick, you can use the photo, you can use a dream pillow to connect with them. Another old-timey way of working using sleep, not necessarily dreams, but to bring a person back to you, is to take their photo and place it upside down on the headboard Ah, of your bed. Mm -hmm. Yes, the photo upside down behind the headboard of your bed. Boy, is that old. Wow. Yeah. the photo upside down keeps them uncomfortable because, hey, they're yeah. like the hangman. They're upside down. Yeah. Um, behind the headboard of your bed is right where you're going to sleep. So they are upside down behind Looking you. Looking at you. Right? Yeah. This is real, real, real old hoodoo. Um, one of the oldest ones I know um, uh, and uh, works well. How about you, Deacon Millet? Do you have another one? Um, gosh, I have a ton of them. I, I, um, I'm very fond of things with, um, pointing shoes in the right direction. If somebody's left Mm. um, very quickly and, and left their clothes and shoes and other things behind, um, take their shoes and, and put them by the door pointing inward, like they're walking in. Um, and that, that to me is a very, uh, strong beckoning um, to get them to return. Um, mm-hmm. There are also a lot of um, spells with candles and pens um, mm-hmm. in terms of uh, getting people um, to return. Um, and those can all, you know, be done with, with condition oils added. Um, so some of the, the Lucky Mojo oils are a good choice to go with those. Um, mm-hmm. There are just so, so many. Um, certainly, we haven't we haven't talked about uh, love baths in this regard. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that I, I think that in, if reconciliation is involved, if it's not, not just physical return, but there are emotional issues that have been at play, I, I strongly suggest hyssop baths. Um, they're they're very healing, um, and you can uh, use 
anointed with reconciliation oil and then pour mm. or hyssop tea into your bath to to get a clean start, a fresh start, to wash away um, the things that that they did to you or you did to them. Um, and there's certainly a lot of other uh, baths you can do to mm-hmm. bring them back. Now, uh, we're we're talking about this as if the only choice here is to do spells for return. And I have something to say before we kind of finish out, and I'd like us all to talk about it a little bit. And that is, how do we know when to stop? And how do we know if we are working on a person in a way that is going to produce benefit to us. So I'm going to start with the benefit first. Um, you broke up because um, he was on and off, and then you looked in his phone, and you found he had conversations with other women. And now you want to bring him back, and part of that is you want to break him off with them, and you want to tie him up, and then you want him to return and all of that. And that's when we get to spells like the Intranquil Spirit and other spells that are less deadly than the Intranquil Spirit. This show is not about that. I I think what we're talking about right now is when you've had a foolish quarrel or uh, drifted apart. Um, And I recommend that those who want to use an intranquil spirit to coerce someone to come back have the problem that we outlined at the very beginning of the show. How do you quickly flip your ass here right now, you motherfucker, or die, 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 to... Oh, honey, I'm so glad you're home. It's just a real um, impossibility for most people. They they mm-hmm. may still have mm-hmm. resentment, or they just may get stuck in the anger part. So I caution against using those angry spells unless there are financial issues that need to be resolved. But even so, most of them can be resolved in a divorce court, child custody case, mm-hmm. if it's that bad. You know, mm-hmm. it, there's... there's um, Many reasons to get someone back, but love should be the reason here. We're talking about returning lovers, not yeah, returning yeah. dead zombie husk shells of once living <laughs> lovers. Right? Yeah. And then the the other thing is, um, how long? How long have they been gone? How long mm-hmm. uh, should you work? So um, let's just throw that toward uh, Deacon Mellon. How long? What's the longest you've ever had someone come back after for one of your clients? Two years. Two years. Okay. I've had them a little longer than that. I've had a few mm, in the seven to eight year range. But Mm. there were indications. The person had gotten someone else. They got someone else. They got divorced. The person got divorced. They met again on social media. There were indications. How about you, Mm. Conjurman? What's the longest you've ever had someone come back? Funny enough, I'm splitting the difference between the two of you because I uh, five years was the the longest. But it, again, it was another. It was a case in which there were some really strong indications. They'd been married for ten years. They'd mm-hmm. been married for ten years, and so I, it was a very there was there was a lot connecting them together. And so after five years, we were able to bring them back together, and they're still together as far as I'm aware. The last time I spoke to them was probably two years ago, and they were still together. So up until two years ago, who knows what the pandemic did, but up until two years ago, they were still <laughs> together. Um, but I, the rule that I learned, and I learned this from you, Ms. Kat, was uh, how long they've been together and then how long have they been apart and use that as a sort of measurement. 
if they've right. been together, for example, for, 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 you know, two months, you shouldn't be working on them for two years, right? If they've been working right. together for two months and they've been separated for a whole year, trying to get them back together, not so the measurement of how long they've been together versus how long they've been apart gives you already a hint. And this is a hard, fast rule, but it is really important to note that. If you were, if you dated for a month, and now you've been separated for two years, mm, right? There's a little bit something iffy there in regards to drawing it together. And it's also just deeply practical. It means the psychic bond between you has faded. It's not as strong. No matter what you feel, it may not be as strong. This also is really important when it comes to things like reconciliation versus return to me. And this goes back to the intranquil spirit. I tell clients over and over again, the intranquil spirit is not a reconciliation spell. It's a force of return to me spell. If you two have parted on bad terms and you're angry with each other, the intranquil spirit is one of the worst things you can do. It may return that person, but they will come back angry and pissed, and it will be disastrous. I've seen that stuff happen uh, end really badly. Where the reconciliation spell is useful, because I don't dismiss it entirely, is as an act of justice and retribution. If yes. someone has gone away and they've harmed you in the process, they've harmed you in the process and they must receive harm in return, then the reconciliation spell is great to make them rest. It is a not, but it is not reconciliation. Reconciliation is about healing. If you've harmed each other, that's why hyssop is so good. Hyssop heals because it says, I have sinned, you have sinned, let us forgive these sins. It's a mutual we've sinned. Let's heal these sins. So I would not reach for reconciliation in that regards. That's not to say you can't add just a little bit of an edge to your return to me spell. They don't always have to be light and gentle and honey. They can just have a little bit of a prick, but you have to have that balance. So this goes once more back to candle spells that Deacon Millet mentioned. One of my favorite candle spells that is a return to me that gives it just a nice little edge to it. If you take a pink candle, you write your names on this candle, uh, address it with return to me oil, place it on a candle holder, place that over your photo, light the candle, then take a pin that you have dipped in ginger oil, heat it, and then prick the candle, the, the mm. top of the candle. And what this does is as you do it, you speak this person's name. Wherever you are, you will come to me. Then let the candle burn. As the candle burns, the pin will fall out. When it falls out, you take the leftover wax buried in your front yard, take the pin, and stick it in the headboard of your bed. And they will come to you and come to you quick. So this requires, just for those who aren't so familiar with candle magic, a freestanding candle. A freestand. Don't do that. It doesn't really work with a, a vigil candle. A freestanding Six-inch candle works wonders. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, so when it, I, I'm gonna, I'm writing this down. So when it drops, you um, uh, bury the wax, and and then you stick the pin where? In in the headboard of your bed. Headboard of your Great. bed. And what okay. that will do is it will make them slightly restless, not in the intranquil sense, but as Miss Cat said earlier, in a sort of sense of uncomfort, like they feel like something's missing. Right, right. Uh, ginger is the great waker-upper, I say. Yes. That's a good one. That's a really, really good one. Um, one other thing is um, about timing. I usually tell people 
to um, that we're going to do a divination, and and this goes back to um, Balkan Diviner fourteen mentioned this that they feel that doing a divination on the possibility of reconciliation is important before starting any work. Yes, if you have any questions or doubts about this, go to a reader and ask them what are my chances. Some will give you a percentage, some will give you a timeline, some will give you both, and you want to know what the possibilities are. I have often seen, um, you know, you've come too late, can't do it now. It may come back later at another time, but it's too late, all gone. I've often seen, um, yes, you have a really, really good chance. Just keep walking toward the goal you want. You will get there. I've seen others that have um, a predicted outcome through tarot cards of, um, oh, you know, you have a 50% chance. Mm, you have a 25% chance. Mm, you have a pretty good chance unless that woman gets pregnant. I mean, these things come out in the cards, and they are all uh, unique to the client. There is no one-size-fits-all in terms of divinations for clients who want a love return. That's very wise. Always or insight is very, very useful before you start writing reconciliation and, and love work because, uh, you know, they say love is blind, and it's true, but it's not just that love is blind. Desire is blinding. Sometimes we want someone back, and that person has been good for us, right? We mm-hmm. want them to return, and, that, and a divination can provide clarity and insight. But the only thing I have to add to that is be willing to listen to the advice. Uh, this is why we say <laughs> reconciliation is hard work. It's not that the magic is hard. The magic is perfectly easy. It's no more difficult than money drawing. We can easily do it. But clients are not always willing to listen to the truth. And that, that can be difficult. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, this is a topic that has many aspects and many angles. And, of course, the man who covered it all was Deacon Millet, who wrote the book, Who Do Return and Reconciliation Spells, which we published a number of years ago. And I hope Nagashiva gives the URL for that book. Um, you can buy it from Lucky Mojo. You can buy it at Amazon. You can buy it all over the web. Who Do Return and Reconciliation Spells, um, the best book on this subject. Thank you so much, uh, Deacon Millet, for being our guest and uh here comes our music. So, yeah, it's a great topic. So now we're going to go and we're going to turn this over to Clifford and we're going to take our client. All right. Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company, Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org, and by Hoodoo Psychics, the first psychic line run entirely by Hoodoo practitioners. Receive a reading with a trusted root worker instantly. Call 1-888-4-HOODOO or visit hoodoopsychics.com. And by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and talk to today's client. Our caller is Bruja Jodel, if I pronounced that correctly, calling from area code 917. Are you there? Yes, hi. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Hold on just for a second. All right. You write, my husband and I put an offer on our dream home, and the seller ended up going with another offer. 
Our offer is considered as the backup offer in case this deal falls through. A lot of deals fall through because of this house. This house is now under contract, and the agent says they are waiting on the buyer's commitment letter, so it's not a done deal. I'd like to know what can be done to break up the deal and get the house. All right, turning it over to you, Ms. Kat. Okay. Um, can you pronounce your name for me? Bruja Jodell. Hi, Ms. Kat, Conjurman, and Deacon Millet. Thank you for having me on the show. Sure. You seem to know us. I'm glad to have you. <laughs> All right. Um, Okay. Well, um, I'm going to turn this over to Contraman for the first reading. Deacon Millet will do the second reading, and I will do the root work. Just mixing it up a little bit. Sure. Can I ask a few questions before we get started? Uh, So first, what what sign of the zodiac are you? Uh, Taurus. Taurus. And do you know anything about, because you're trying to break up an a, a agreement, do you know anything about the people in, involved in the agreement uh, or any details in regards to them? I know that they are, um, I think, like a young couple. They don't have any kids and um, not much, but just that. And I know, like, how much they offered um, I know that this house wasn't like their first choice, and they were just like, oh. okay, since there's nothing, we'll just stick with this. Is it a, a and the offer that they made is significantly more than than what you can like the any counter offer that you can make? No, uh, actually, we counter offered um, more than them, but because they're oh, putting in more money up front, they're putting in a, a larger down payment. Um, uh, okay. the, the owner, the owner of the house was like, let me go with them because I think they have a, like a, like a larger chance of getting approved since so many mm-hmm. deals had fell through with the house before. So she just wanted somebody who's more like secure. Right, right, right. This is, yeah. A, yeah, this is one of the worst things about uh, the market as it is right now. It'll change. Yeah. Uh, just uh, anyone who's, who knows a bit about forecasting, it will change in the next few months. But this is one of the worst. I mean, I was reading, I had a client that was talking about how they had to write a personal letter in order to get, because there were so many offers that they, they the yeah. agents, like you have to write a personal letter. And they had to be, I don't know, like sitting there going, people are out here actually demanding personal letters for these agreements. Like we've lost our fucking <laughs> minds. If it, just be with you. Okay. So uh, yeah, the, it's, it's a shitty time when it comes to stuff like this, but there's things that we can do. I've pulled three cards here uh, and we'll, and these cards really speak to this situation. The path forward is a difficult one. It is not an easy one, and it's going to come with heavy burdens. And nobody's going to walk away 100% satisfied, is what I'm going to do, just as a forewarning. It comes with some sacrifice. The first card that we have is the devil card. And the devil card speaks to the situation in the past, uh, the sort of foundations. The devil shows us a Baphomet figure sitting on a throne and on, or on a block, and it's reaching up with one hand, making a sort of malediction, and with the other, it's reaching down with a torch, and before him is chained two imps or two demonic figures. In many ways, this is a mockery or an inversion of the lover's card. And so that says that this situation is going to take a toll on the relationships and that there is going to be a difficulty here. The fact that you mentioned that they, this couple had made other offers, and this isn't even their first choice. This isn't even something they're entirely excited about. They're simply like, we have no other choice. That's really the devil card. Feeling bound and making decisions that may not necessarily 
Uh-oh. Have we lost Contraman? I believe so. All right. Well, he'll call right back in. My gosh, I don't know what to do now at this point. Mm-mm-mm. It says he's on the line. Okay, but where is he? We don't hear his voice. I bet he's muted. I have you have you muted yourself, Contraman? Can, Contraman, if you can hear us, type. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> This is interesting, after the devil card, because the devil card is a... Uh, no, he's dropped, says Nangashiva. You know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to pick up from where he was, and I'm going to hit the second card. Um, hello, can you hear me? Oh, there he is. Okay, <laughs> there we go. Yeah, I was, I, about, uh, to, I was about, about to pull card number two in your name. Go ahead. No, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you, that is, uh, when a call drops like that in the middle of me doing a reading, especially when I'm doing a reading and it has the devil card, that is an omen. I know. And it's a very strong omen. Uh, bad, what I was bad, gonna bad. Say, I got that. Yeah, I was right mm-hmm. in the middle of, of what I was saying, that even if you were to get this house, even if you, or even if you would get the agreement, you must do an immense, immense cleansing. There's something associated with this circumstance that is dark. There's something associated with these matter, whether it's a matter of the evil eye or crossed condition or the or or physical property, something happening to it. There's something there that is that's snarling the situation, that's knotting it, that's making it more difficult. So cleansing is the first step. Cleansing of yourself, cleansing of the, of everyone involved, and should you be victorious, cleansing of the place as well. Whatever place you end up in, you must cleanse. Cleanse your home, okay. you must purify, because the devil card really speaks to something being bound. The next card is the Ten of Wands. It is a card of a mm-hmm. burden that is going to be carried forward. So again, this is what I'm, an instance of, even if you're victorious, it's going to come at somewhat of a cost. At the end, no one will walk away from this entirely satisfied, and there may be an, a burden that is taken on, whether it's a financial burden, whether it's a burden that may be just a little bit out of your comfort zone uh, of what you can handle. Be mindful of that. Both of these cards in particular say uh, re-strategize, rethink, and then be very honest about what is best for you and your family. The final card is the card that tells us that victory is possible, but victory at sacrifice. It is the nine of wands. So it's interesting. You can see the image really kind of displayed here. The devil shows us the uh, difficulties, the burden, the evil, something that is hidden here that must be cleansed, that must be purified, decisions that are not made for the best of intentions, and that will come at a cost for the family and the relationship. The Ten of Wands shows us the burden that is being carried forward. And the Nine of Wands is like, okay, you finally let go of the burden. The wall is behind you. There's a wall of staves behind you. But now you've been beaten, bruised, exhausted. You've got a bandage on your head. It shows us an individual leaning on their staff after finally achieving what they want. Victory here is possible, but it will be a pyrrhic victory. It will come with sacrifice. It will come with difficulty. And you will carry some burden with you into the future. And that may be a financial one. So magic can work here, but magic must be done carefully, judiciously, and you must first come from a position of cleansing yourself and strengthening yourself, but also acknowledging that once you're victorious, it may not be the entire thing that you had hoped for. With that, I'm going to turn this over to Deacon Millet, who's going to do your next reading, and then Miss Kat will give you some group work recommendation. Okay. I'm going to pull three cards from the Secret to Keep Oracle deck and and see where where things go here. Um, the first card I pull is Mercury. This is the magician of the traditional Perot. Um 
So a very positive card of healing, communication. And it says that you have all the tools necessary um, to make things move in your direction. Um, so this card strongly suggests not giving up, um, strongly suggests uh, continuing to push for what you want to have occur. The second card is Asylum. And this card shows a horse calmly sitting in a tree. Um, and uh, it's a card of rest, recuperation, and freedom from financial woe. Um, and this card suggests that you calmly come up with backup plans so that anything that occurs you are not thrown for a loop by. And this card definitely warns you not to overextend yourself in any way, shape, or form. The third card here, uh, oddly enough, is the Ally card. In this deck, the Ally card is the equivalent of the devil in the regular tarot. Uh, and here it's presented as someone who will come to your aid, um, and this this may be um, a realtor, a friend of yours, um, someone who will take your side in this matter and um, hopefully see it through to a better conclusion. So um, an interesting combination of cards, at least. I don't think we've seen the end of this story. Wow. All right. Well, that's a, an odd one, too. All right. Well, I'm going to I'm going to work with what I've got here in terms of root work. So um, there seems to be a sense of struggle and a sense of possibility. I I also interpreted the uh, ten of wands and nine of wands as that you may win the house, but it may need a lot of repairs. There's something wrong there, and the fact that this house has had offers that fell through before um, doesn't um, it doesn't bode yes. well. I'm not saying yep. give up, but I'm saying you know it doesn't bode well. I would get some sticks because we have some wands here, and we had that horse in a tree. I believe was in the Dakini Oracle um, reading. So I'm going to do some stick magic. I'd like you to get if the property is an apartment, um, you're going to have to get some trees that are near the building. If the house is an actual house on a lot, you're going to kind of want some twigs from the house. And as it's getting to be winter, these might be with fall leaves on them or they may be completely bare twigs. And I'd like you to get those twigs and um, you can uh, use them in an incense spell. So what I want you to do is uh, maybe chop them up a little bit or you can just put them on some charcoal along with some uh, money house blessing uh, incense powder on the charcoal. And you can also um, add a few other you know, herbs that are good for the home. Um, there's so many of them that you can look them up on, on uh, hoodooataglance.com. But uh, rosemary is good for the home. Basil is good for the home. And you want those twigs. And you're going to make some incense. Burn that and smoke the paperwork that you submit. Now, if you're only submitting everything digitally, you're going to smoke the device on which you did the submission, such as a desktop or a phone. 
If you are sending in papers, you want to just lightly smoke those papers before you send them in. And you can also um, do something to try to drive the other people away. But I don't get a sense that that's exactly, I mean, they're not completely attached themselves. What you can do with them is make a little map of the place, um, you know, print out a map or a Google Earth type um, picture of the block and uh, make a little candle for them or two candles for the couple or whatever and uh, move them away as they burn and move yourself in. So then move them as they burn. These are little freestanding candles and move them to the edge of the table and then over the edge of the table you'll have on the chair a little um, bowl of water from a river nearby and you say, go down the river and you'll find someplace better for you. And you take their little uh, burned out candles when you when you dump them into the river water. You take it back to the river and let them go and say, find your home someplace else. Meanwhile, your candles you move in and burn in place on the property. So, and again, you would use um, money house blessing, peaceful home. Peaceful home because that devil card is disturbing to me. And... Um, and again, rosemary, basil, and um, things like that. So that's what I'm seeing. And, and um, does anyone else have any suggestions to add? Um, I would I would probably uh, sour their uh, contract just a little bit. Uh, if you can take a photo, if you know their names or their photos, if you don't, then identify them just by the uh, rival uh, uh, offer, whatever way you can identify them, along with the name of uh, the, per- the, the person they're buying from or the seller or whoever it is, place that in a sour jar to sour all of them to one another. That can also help you get a little bit of an edge. I wouldn't work too harshly in that regard, uh, just because there's already funky things going on on this property, funky things with everyone involved. But just a little bit of souring here, souring that can help to make the all, all the rival deal fall apart. So you might want to work that on, for example, a Saturday, place it. Um, you might even place it on the property once you do. If you get the property, you must remove it, just a heads up in advance. If not, then just work the sour jar at home. Uh, and then cleanse and purify yourself afterwards. So this is one of those instances where I place them in a sour jar and then sort of forget about it. Place them in a sour jar, cleanse yourself, purify yourself, and then work on shoring up your um, uh, offers or, or shoring up your position, strengthening yourself. So I wouldn't work too harshly. Just do this bit. Sour them, cleanse and purify. The other thing I would recommend is five-finger grass. It's really, really good in a situation like this. Five-finger grass is to get people to accept your offers. Five-finger grass is so that you're successful in all five of your fingers. And five-finger grass is to bring you success in what you ask for, whether you're asking for a loan, whether you're asking for whatever uh, you you, uh, work with five-finger grass. That's a good one. That's a very good one. And I'm going to say, before you do anything like sending them down the river or souring them, ask yourself, is this work justified? Because um, to cause them to lose what something that they're hoping for, not so good. If it really is their second 
choice and they're kind of ambivalent about them, then, mm. like I said, draw them someplace better. Draw them to someplace they want more. But try to offer them something spiritually. Don't just uh, say, I win, you lose. That's not really yeah. good. But speaking of I win, you lose, there is a formula called I can, you can't. And I can, you can't is used if you really want to win over somebody and don't have a lot of scruples or just feel that it's going to be best for everyone. You can use I can, you can't um, powder or um, uh, incense powder and mix it with a little dirt and sprinkle it around the property. You can do that even if there's cameras by by just bending down to examine plants and look around, you know, whatever it takes to get yourself and get that down there and say, I this place is for me. I get this. You don't. In the old days, we would tell people, go there at night and pee. Uh, to market is your territory. I don't think that's possible considering the number of of, uh, <laughs> of security cameras now available in America. I would not do it now. But no. um, if it's if it's out in the country, you sure can. Yeah. Um, if whether you do, I can, you can't, or you do the souring jar. I think Miss Cat is right that once you once you get what you want, one way to address that is to bless them afterwards. So that once you've got, let's say you win, let's say you achieve what you desire and they go away, it is important for you to do some aspect of blessing because this person, these people aren't evil necessarily. They're not. They may be a rival for something, but this is an instance where justified, you know, justification really matters, right? And even if you get what you want, it is very important. So I would definitely, after you're victorious, light a white candle with a blessing oil. And say, may they be blessed, may they find happiness, may they find the home of their dreams and get what they want. So that a follow-up is always important in this instance. And definitely cleansing. Once you're done with this, because that devil card really stood out to me, uh, there's going to be an ickiness that goes around with all of this. Whatever ends up happening, a hiss of bath at the end is very, very recommended. Something to just cleanse and purify and be like, all right, this was messy. Let's put the mess aside. Let everyone walk away forgiven and blessed. I'm, a, I'm just going to throw in one more thing, because this is my personal experience. So my ex-husband and I were looking at properties. We found this incredibly beautiful Victorian house, which overlooked a valley, and it was just like so pretty. And it was fairly mm. cheap, and it, of course it was a fixer-up. It needed repair. It was a much bigger house than what I live in now. It was gorgeous, and uh, it was just beautiful and we, we did work to try to get it. We didn't get it. There was a competitor who got it. I was furious. And then I found out that the freeway went through what was its front yard. They built, they literally built a freeway that cut the property off, and they didn't oh, have wow. a great view of the valley anymore. And I thanked God for letting me lose that house. So sometimes it works out in your best interest. All right. Um, I'm not saying that's going to be your case. I'm just saying... Trust God. Sometimes that's the best way. All right. Let's um, get our network schedule announcement, and then we're going to have our free spell. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays, 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8. 
all time specific, Add 3 Hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment from our special guest, Deacon Millet of FourAlters.com in the high desert of California. Take it away, Deacon Millet. Thank you so much. So this spell that I'm going to give you today is for use immediately after a lover leaves. This is not to do three months later. Um, This is something that has a sense of urgency and immediacy to it. Um, And it takes pieces from several different spells um, in Hoodoo Return and Reconciliation spells. So I want to start by saying each night before bed, um, you should take a bath um, to help relieve any feelings of anxiety, any lingering sadness about this. Um, And that bath is going to be a blue bath, um, and it's a blue-and-eel ball or a um, Reckitt's crown blue square that's been dissolved in, in a pot of very, very hot water. And with a teaspoon of lemon juice and a few drops of Van Van oil. And then you'll dilute that into your um, bath of warm water and bathe in it. Um, after you've dried, move to the bedroom where you're going to do the work. And you'll take the photo of the person who has left, and I'm going to genderize this now with him as a male. Um, place his photograph in the book of Revelation in the Bible and you place it upside down head to floor as we've discussed before and every night before you go to sleep you're going to open that Bible and talk to his photograph saying something like Joe Joe come home come home Joe I want to see you Joe come home and stay make your mind contented and stop running around Talk to him until you fall asleep with the Bible under your pillow. And the Sumter, South Carolina worker who told this to, to Henry Hyatt said, after the ninth day, um, the target will get uneasy and soon he'll come home. Um, once he's home, take a tall red taper candle and write upon it your loved one's name. And then you're going to place nine pens into that candle from top to bottom, about an inch apart. And in the Bible, you're going to take your own photo, head upright, facing his, and read a chapter in that Bible every night from the time he's home. Um, And you'll be burning one inch of the taper candle each night for nine nights. The pen will drop as you're burning it as you're reading the Bible. Each morning of these nine days, you're going to take the fallen pen, you're going to put it into your photo so it it pins your photo to his photo. In the end, you'll have nine of these around the photos. And I want you to talk to this photo again, like you're talking to him, reminding him of love and contentment now that he's home with you. And this... Hunter, South Carolina worker said, when the nine morning, mornings are over with, you will be lawfully married. I've seen that done several times. So just wow. a, a very um, a nice 
amalgamation of um, very traditional workings for you. That's really, that's amazing. Um, just a, a quick note, Deacon. A contraman, excuse me, a contraman, Nagashiva only had the text up to uh, the Bible under your pillow. So if you have more text, if you can send it to him on Facebook, he'll insert it into the chat. We'll have the whole text, okay? I will do it. Okay, great. Thank you. That That is really solid, solid work. And I I love those people who were root workers in the 1930s who taught Harry Hyatt these spells. And um, if you have any opportunity to look at any of the books that uh, Deacon has written, books that I've written, and uh, other people who are members of uh, AIR or published by Lucky Mojo, we have a tendency to quote from these old workers from the mm. 1930s up into 1940, even a few that are very much earlier. I've I've run spells online from 1870s and 1880s. This is our history, and these are the people who have developed this form of spell work. So this is such a great spell, and um, thank you very much, Deacon Mellett, for sharing that. It has all of the earmarks of... Um, real authenticity. I know people are going to say, when I have those nine pins, how am I going to put them around those two pictures to pin them together? Well, everyone has their own way, but I visualized four at the corners, diagonally in, four on the straightaways at the middle, pointing in, and then the that would be eight, and then the ninth one where the lips meet, pinning the lips together. But that's just me. Everyone may have a different way of working it. I love, I love the combination of pins and Bible and candle. Like this is just such a well-rounded working. Yeah, it's really, really good. Um, those who are new to hoodoo sometimes ask, why is the Bible used? The reason is that hoodoo developed among people who were primarily Christian. The book of Revelations is interesting because this is about seeing. Uh, you know, This is about uh, mm-hmm. the end of time and the beginning of a new life. That's what the book of Revelations is about. Many uh, hoodoo Bible spells work with the Old Testament, but some do work with the New Testament or are exclusively Christian. So if you don't have a copy of the book Hoodoo Bible Magic by Miss Michael and Professor Porterfield, you might want to pick that up, too, just to understand the context of this spell and why it's so um, deep and why there is the Bible in it. And I see that Nagashiva got the rest of the text. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. We'll we'll clean that up when we put it out in the chat. All right. Well, folks, this has um, been a great show. And to some people... Uh, as I said, love return and love reconciliation, they they only need it once in their life. Some people use it several times in their life. That's why there's so many kinds of spells. For diviners and root workers like us, working on love return is a specialty that many of us have. And Deacon Millet, the best, the best. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right, well, there's our music, and so we're going to turn this over to Clifford for our final announcements, and then we're going to come back and I'll babble a little bit, and then we'll all say goodbye. All right. Thank you, Ms. Captain Conjurman. Thank you, Deacon Millett of FourAlters.com, and the High Desert of California for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week 
when our special guest will be Ramona Scott of Ramona Speaks the Other Truth in Houston, Texas, for an Oracle Hour on the Hoodoo Tarot. Once again, we've come to the end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Network Hour, brought to you by Lucky Mojo Curia Company in Forestville, California. You can find this cat the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Contraband, contrabandconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Clifford Lowe, joining you from cliffloe.com. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Group Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And the shows are available in archive via luckymojo.com slash radioshow.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune again next week at the same time when you will hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Walls. Thank you, everybody, and goodbye. Thank you so much, Clifford. And um, although we didn't actually talk about the Intranquil Spirit as you kind of asked us to, I'll just say, <laughs> tell your client not to do it. Not unless they can turn on a dime and go from hate to love in, in less than 30 seconds. <laughs> well, this has been a, a great show. It's one for the books. Now, remember, I mentioned we're going to be doing some new uh, plowing of our archives. And we're going to put those uh, old shows out, and we're going to be advertising them on social media. So if you thought you couldn't find an old show from 2014 or whatever, we're going to make them all available in a very obvious way, and we're going to probably go through them in order. I want to thank everybody in the chat who's been here uh, adding interesting comments. It's been wonderful. And I want to thank everybody who has ever been a guest on the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour. Some of them gone, some of them forgotten, some of them <laughs> never to return, and many of them still standing by us as comrades, friends, and colleagues. So I guess all I have to do then is say, see you next week. Good night, all. Good, Good night. Bye-bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.